This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to Chargers Unleashed. Dan Wilkinson here from the LA Football Network. Today's show is being brought to you by Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, Mint Mobile, Aura, Athletic Greens, and Bet Online. If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as uh, X now, I should say, uh, at LAC underscore Unleashed. Appreciate you all uh, joining us today, uh, joining me today. Jake is still out on vacation, living the good life. I'm doing my best to hold it down. Um, I appreciate you all tuning in still. Uh, a fun episode today. I kind of wanted to snap the line a little bit here and go through the training camp storylines and surprises so far. Biggest training camp storylines and surprises that we have seen from this Chargers team and what that means for the 2023 NFL season. Going to be a big show today. Got some fun topics today. We'll talk about guys like Kenneth Murray, JC Jackson, Derek Ansley calling plays, kicker battle, wide receiver three, CB3, interior defensive line, uh, Bolt fam, the whole nine. Uh, we'll get into all of that. But before we go any further, we do want to discuss and share with you information about our friends over at Mint Mobile. Uh, we've talked about it before. Uh, highly recommend you check out Mint Mobile. They're giving premium wireless, unlimited nationwide talk and text for as little as $15 a month, which is probably multiple times cheaper than whatever you're using right now for your uh, plans for your mobile devices. Uh, give Mint Mobile a try. Ryan Reynolds takes part in them. I think that should say enough. Obviously, MCU fans here. So highly recommend Mint Mobile. We'll be back to discuss Chargers, Surprises, and Storylines. But before we get to that, let's talk about Mobile. If you've ever thought, why in the world is my wireless bill so damn high? Then let me tell you about our friends over at Mint Mobile who we're partnering with for today's video. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for as low as $15 a month, and you don't have to sacrifice any coverage, speed, or data. They're built on the nation's largest 5G network, so they keep costs low by selling directly to you online. They cut out the retail stores and the salespeople. All Mint Mobile plans include unlimited nationwide talk and text, plus lightning fast 5G and free mobile hotspot. So why should you have to pay for more than you have to to access the same network. It only takes 15 minutes to switch and you'll be paying as low as $15 a month for your phone plan. It really is that simple. So use the link in the description below, trymintmobile.com backslash chargers unleashed to get started. Click the link in the description below or scan the QR code. Okay, so we're going to go opposite. So we're going to go 10 to 1. I've somewhat stack ranked these, but let's be honest, like I think there is no real uh, winner or loser here, but in generally speaking, I'm going from kind of least impactful to most impactful, but really they're kind of all impactful. Um, so bear with me. Uh, number 10, you started to see it at scrimmage where it really stood out, but the impact and presence of a one Scott Matlock on the interior defensive line should not go unnoticed and does have pretty substantial ramifications on this Chargers team, especially the interior defensive line roster. Now, remember, as we kind of go back, interior defensive line was a big question mark, whether it's due to production, whether it's due to performance, whether it's due to injury and rehab. 
lots of question marks for this interdefensive line. Like Austin Johnson, when will he be ready? Uh, Ochido Abagamiga, when will he be ready? Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day went out with like a quad contusion. Like, is he going to be ready to go? Uh, he came back to practice, but the underbelly of that, Morgan Fox was re-signed for the interior presence. We got guys like Gerard Clark, Scott Matlock, Nick Williams. There's a whole bunch of dudes, but a whole bunch of question marks. And the emergence of Scott Matlock, again, sixth round pick, and what we've been able to see from him so far, the presence he's brought to the interior defensive line and impact and pressures and push that he has given this interior defensive line has to make fans feel a little more at ease while we wait for the other guys to come back, while we wait for Austin Johnson, Atito, and the likes of them. We don't know. But Scott Matlock seems to be providing a great push up front, both in the run and passing game, which should help this off this defensive roster and depth substantially. And that was a... I categorized that one as a storyline, Versus a surprise. Some of the some of the ones I have here will be surprises, storylines, or both. Uh, this one is probably more of a storyline as you get closer to kind of the 53-man roster and getting to week one. That's going to make a difference. And you wonder about guys like Gerard Clark. Like, do they have a role on this team if guys like Scott Matlock are pushing the envelope that much? So, number 10... I have as Scott Matlock. Another one. Uh, then this one's probably a surprise. Uh, coming out of left field here a little bit is the performance of a defender by the name of Dean Leonard. Now, a lot of people haven't really talked about him much. And we've seen him last year, you know, carved out a role for himself on special teams. I've been out of camp for, I think it's been four days now. Dean Leonard has been making some plays. Now, he's gotten beat. Don't get me wrong. He's he's not perfect. But he has seemingly found a voice and a presence on this defensive secondary. And he's going getting to the point where he's starting flexing, crossing his arms. And there was a day where I think he had more pass breakups in one practice than I've ever seen. And for a guy who has been kind of a late-in-the-draft guy special teams player. He's really kind of making a name for himself and you're seeing him all over the field on defense. Now, is he up there with the, you know, Asante Samuel juniors and the, the Michael Davis and JC Jackson's like, I'm not saying he's that guy, but bottom of the rotation guy that you can possibly start to rely on a little bit. It's not just what you're seeing from him on the field, but, you're hearing it in some of the mic'd ups and I'm seeing it live there at practice where some of the players are acknowledging and witnessing and uh, talking about this to each other and to Dean about like, wow, like Dean's got some juice, like Dean's going and he's making plays. Don't be surprised if you see Dean Leonard out there on defense more than we saw previously uh, in 2022. That's a storyline to me that is a surprise more than a storyline, but a great surprise. And you got to be happy for him. Again, there have been videos of him getting beat, but again, it's a defender. All defenders get beat. Let's just be real. But what he's been able to do and has been able to kind of give a great impression on his player, on his fellow teammates and coaching staff should not go unnoticed. Number eight here. Uh, we heard this last week. 
at the press conference that I was in, but Derek Ansley was discussed by a one head coach, Brandon Staley of given the ability and the privilege to actually call defensive plays in the preseason games, at least in the first one. I do not remember Ronaldo Hill ever getting a chance to call any place in any game at any time. I think this goes to show the impression and the influence and the talent of Derek Ansley and how much this team has bought into him and how much Brandon Staley trusts him and these players trust him and fight for him. For him to get the ability to call plays on defense during preseason when historically it has only been Brandon Staley and always been Brandon Staley. It's his defense. But Brandon Staley, I think it's kind of twofold. One, Derek Ansley's proven some things. Two, Brandon Staley is also kind of giving the ability and the opportunity to others to where maybe he could focus on other things or maybe he can allow himself to see things from a different perspective. That's a big deal. Now, does this mean Brandon Staley is not going to be calling plays by the time week one comes in the regular season? Probably not. But it goes to show the influence of Derek Ansley on this team. And everyone's talked about the influence that Kellen Moore has on this offense, which we're going to get to. Don't worry. But Derek Ansley should not be forgotten how important his influence is to this team's success this year. Because if we all look back to last year, as good as the offense looks statistically in many regards, and everybody was kind of clamoring on wanting to get a new offensive coordinator and they were wanting to improve you know, the, the style of offense and be more explosive, which they've done. I think there were way more issues on defense from like from like fundamentally like the guys weren't tackling the guys weren't able to finish plays on defense they weren't able to get the takeaways that they needed they weren't able to bring an identity and a, a physicality on defense they couldn't stop the run like there were so many things that were like you know if they can't do this like they're not going to win there was a handful of those things that was plaguing this team. Now, obviously, injury takes a big part when you're arguably best pass rushers out, when your CB1's out, when your interior defensive line's decimated. Like, that's going to affect you. But I think personality-wise and fundamentally, this defense probably had a lot more that needed to get fixed than maybe people realize. It's not just you got to stop the run. Like, there's a lot more fundamental stuff that has to get fixed. And Ronaldo Hill, no longer here. Derek Ansley getting the opportunity to call plays, I think, is a big deal. And that's a surprise because it's never happened before. Um, number seven on my list. We've gone through 10, 9, 8, now 7. Surprise. And I don't even know if it's really a storyline because the storyline seems to be already written at this point. Remember how amped all of us were? to see the kicking battle between Cameron Dicker and Dustin Hopkins. Well, that's no longer. <laughs> like You haven't seen Dustin Hopkins kick a field goal that mattered in, I, what, week and a half, two weeks now? On top of that, Cameron Dicker has been close to as automatic as you can be. So 
I don't even know if there is a kicking battle at this point. And that's a surprise to me. I mean, obviously it's a storyline because it seems like, again, until unless something crazy catastrophic happens, the surprise is there is no kicking battle. Period. This is Cameron Dicker's kicking job. Unless, again, something crazy happens. But surprise storyline. Crazy to me that that's not even a whisper of topics at this point. Number six. And this has probably been a, more of a storyline than a surprise. And I would say surprise only because I was surprised that this kind of came out to start with, but I understood, is the CB3 battle that's currently taking place. There are still more preseason games left. We've got two more to go. Still got training camp to finish. But early on, as the, as the training camp started, you heard folks talk about, you know, this is Jazeer Taylor's star money CB3 slot job to lose. And I've been on record saying, I don't see how. Then you go watch what Asante Samuel Jr. has been doing. Arguably the most productive secondary player on this team in camp. I think he's had four interceptions. Asante Samuel Jr. is not letting go of that spot. At least if it was if he at least if it's, if he can control it. And Asante Samuel Jr. has shown nothing that leads me to believe that he deserves to not be that se- that slot star money defender. Now, again, there are pros and cons to both of him and Jadir Taylor, which have been well-documented. Don't need to go into that again. But in pass protection instances, when they need to cover receivers or tight ends, I want Asante Samuel Jr. out there. I want him doing that. I want him doing that more than I want Jazir Taylor out there. Now, if it's a run defense or more possibility of it being a run play, I can see Jazir Taylor. But if I'm wanting a star money slot corner that will give me the best chance to cover the opponent's weapon in coverage, I'm picking Asante Samuel Jr. So storyline so far, has been Jazeera Taylor's job to lose, and then Asante Samuel Jr. seemed like he's taken it. Now, could things could change. We'll see. But that's a storyline, and I think that's going to have a lot of impact, and you're going to see, as you fast-forward into preseason game number two, three, into the regular season, there will be ramifications of that on both sides. For example, if you see... You know, a, a run play and Asante Samuel Jr. missed the tackle. Everyone's going to be up in arms. Why wasn't Jazeer Taylor out there? And then the next series, you know, Jazeer Taylor could be out in coverage. And then let's say the receiver catches it on him. Oh, Asante Samuel Jr., he totally would have been able to, you know, stop that from happening. Like, that's going to be nitpicked all season. But it's a storyline that I think. I'm probably most impressed with the resolve and with how Asante Samuel Jr. has taken this challenge, risen, and produced. Period. And right now, it's his job, in my opinion, for that role. 
So we'll see. Something to keep an eye on. Number five storyline for me is Lord Almighty. Does this wide receiving core look fantastic? We've seen this wide receiving core for years, and we know what we get with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Like that's been a pretty constant, and we, we understand that. And then you add a Josh Palmer who has been balling so far at camp. Then Quentin Johnson is brought in to this team, and he has been balling as a rookie so far in camp. Then you have the perspective and possibility of a Jalen Guyton returning. Then you add a Darius Davis, fastest player in college football, at least recorded by GPS last year, added to this team. These guys have looked excellent. And then you add on top of that the fact that Keenan Allen looks better than I have seen him look in years. Mike Williams looks fantastic. Josh Palmer looks like he has stepped up. Quentin Johnson looks like he's the truth. Justin Herbert's already called this guy a star. And then you add a John Hightower as a possible guy that makes the team which we're going to get to John Hightower. Don't you worry. The wide receiving core on this team right now, I honestly cannot recall a time that this receiving core has looked better and deeper than right now. Focus in the comments. Find me a time that the wide receiving core has looked this good and this deep since you've covered, watched, been a fan of, scrutinized this team. And then when you watch that translated onto the football field, and then you imagine like what that could look like on Sundays and on Thursdays and on primetime games. And then you just think of how different it looks than it did last year when all these guys are out and injured or not there. And you got an injured quarterback throwing to him. The story, it's not a surprise but seeing it materialize in person, how damn good this wide receiving core is. The, I, I can't think of many other teams that top to bottom, again, going the entire depth chart, wouldn't swap their depth chart of wide receivers for the Chargers. Again, take out contracts. Take, I'm just talking purely talent. They're up there, and it's made it look damn exciting to cover the team during training camp preseason. So wide receivers, for me, has been a huge storyline and just noticing how different it looks than a year ago. I mean, think about it. Compared to last year, you know, everybody's talking about this team needs speed. Insert John Hightower being utilized. Insert Quentin Johnston. Insert, hopefully... A healthy Jalen Guyton. Insert a Darius Davis. That's possibly four new receivers added to this roster that were not there last year other than Jalen Guyton, but he was only there for a couple games. That's four guys that have been added to this roster as weapons for Justin Herbert and Kellen Moore.
which leads me to my number four storyline. Number four on this list as a storyline. Explosive plays is a huge storyline. And this is one that we heard it talked about at nauseam, at length. And you hoped that it was true. You hoped that it would come true. You heard it talked about like last year, two years ago, when you know Brandon Staley talked about throwing the effing ball down the field. And this is with Joe Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. And for many reasons, that didn't happen enough in years past. They go and get Kellen Moore. And everybody starts to kind of look at how the offense could look versus what it looked like in Dallas and the weapons and the comparisons and all that jazz. Training camp starts. Everyone's like, I can, I mean, please, 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 please stretch the field. Show me something. Show me a rainbow or two from Justin Herbert. And wouldn't you know it, uncorked, unleashed, Justin Herbert throwing bombs all over the field to everyone. Equal opportunity lender is a one Justin Herbert. You're seeing Quentin Johnston, 50-yard plus. Mike Williams, 50-yard plus. Keenan Allen catching bombs. Gerald Everett seam routes in the middle of the field. Donald Parham, Josh Palmer, John Hightower. So many guys are seeing the explosiveness. And it is probably the word that is being utilized the most when these players, coaching staff, everyone covering the team looks for what has changed and what should we look forward to in this offense under Kellen Moore than what we saw a year ago. Explosion. More explosive plays. When we talked to Rashawn Slater on the on the episode, they won a training camp. He mentioned it. Mike Williams has mentioned it. Keenan Allen has mentioned it. So many players have mentioned how much more explosiveness we're going to see. And we're seeing it at training camp constantly. How much that is going to translate and how much that is going to make the life of Justin Herbert. And honestly, everybody on this team easier cannot go unnoticed. The defense will be able to pin their ears back more because his offense is probably going to be scoring. The offense is going to be able to get refreshed because the deep, because they're going to be throwing bombs down the field where they can actually get touchdowns quicker than having to methodically go down first down after first down after first down, 15, 20 play drives to settle for a field goal or settle for a touchdown, but it took nine minutes. You can't score a lot when you go in nine minutes. Taking shots, being explosive, Letting Justin Herbert do his thing. Like, I think the explosiveness, using his legs, so many things that we were begging for this team to have and to be added to the roster. The explosiveness has been... It's not necessarily been a surprise because everyone talked about it, but storyline in the fact that you're actually seeing it has been so refreshing. And you could tell that it's been refreshing to the players across the board. Playmakers, offensive weapons are all talking about how much more fun this is, how much more they can do in this offense. So kudos to Kellen Moore, kudos to Brandon Staley, kudos to the weapons who are making it happen. And honestly, kudos to the weapons for making Justin Herbert see the success of it. Like imagine if Justin Herbert's throwing bombs and all of a sudden, you know, receivers aren't catching, receivers aren't fighting for him, throwing picks, all that kind of stuff. It's going to make Justin Herbert 
really consider and think like, do I really want to do this? Is this really the right play? Daniel Popper talked about like the structure has changed and they put the structure around Justin Herbert to throw it downfield more and to be more explosive. It doesn't work if the receivers aren't doing their job. And so far, it's paid off in spades. And so that's a storyline. Not really a surprise, but you're just so excited and so grateful that it actually came true. Third one, surprise. We're up to top three now. Surprise and storyline. Can you believe that JC Jackson's back? And not just like back with the team, not just back in pads, but back in doing what JC Jackson does, like locking down opposing wide receivers, tight ends, doing drills in pads, in scrimmage, like the whole nine. JC Jackson seems to be on the road to being ready to go week one. Now, who knows? But all signs point to JC Jackson being ready for this way more, way earlier, excuse me, than we all envisioned. And the ramifications of that have been well documented. We don't have to get into it. But the number of ways that that influences this team's success from a roster standpoint, from a performance standpoint, from a depth perspective, from a morale perspective, from a health and recovery perspective, from a training camp, like just so many things that this does for the team and enables the defensive scheme to be altered drastically than if he was not on the team ready to go. Number three, J.C. Jackson. Number two. And we're getting to the ones that are most of a surprise or most the biggest of the storylines that we've seen so far. Number two and number one. You could probably flip. You could say 1A, 1B. But I'm going to go with John Hightower as probably, if not the biggest, again, 1A, 1B. Biggest surprise of training camp to date has been John Hightower. And it's not close. John Hightower's name was never discussed in the possibilities of who could be, you know, the the wide receiver six. Everybody was talking about Pokey Wilson, myself included. Obviously, Jalen Guyton is kind of the incumbent But what John Hightower has been forcing everyone to do has been nothing short of remarkable. And it makes you it it makes you question like where the hell was this last year? Why wasn't this there last year? And you know, whether it's Justin Herbert's injury or whatever, who knows? What John Hightower has done during training camp so far has been absolutely bananas. Daniel Popper kind of highlighted it. Second most catches on the entire team. That's more than Quentin Johnson. That's more than Mike Williams. That's more than Josh Palmer. 27 catches. Second most among all Chargers receivers during camp so far. Eight touchdowns. That's more than 25% of his catches have been touchdowns. The next closest touchdown haul is 
Keenan Allen with three. And four of his eight touchdowns have been for 50-plus. Pair what John Hightower has been doing, not just with the explosive plays, but like with the nuance, his hands, his footwork, his feel for the game, getting open, finishing, short yardage, long yardage, red zone, deep balls. I think I mentioned this before, but what's probably most telling about this is it has made the Jalen Guyton injury and not seeing him on the field and concern kind of a distant memory. Like right now, right now, let's say John Hightower is healthy. We don't see anything from Jalen Guyton during the preseason training camp, still on the PUP. Is there any question that John Hightower makes the 53-man roster? None. Absolutely none. He has to. And then you go further than that. Let's say Jalen Guyton comes back. Then what? Jalen Guyton is returning from a pretty bad injury. Is he the same guy? What does he have to prove? And what needs to happen for Jalen Guyton to then take back that spot? Because I, I genuinely think this is John Hightower's spot to lose at this point. Even if Jalen Guyton comes back. Which sounds crazy. Nobody thought about this. This is why this is so surprising. And it's also surprising how much he and Justin Herbert seem to gel right now. And the chemistry that those two have where he's targeting him more than every other receiver, any other playmaker, not named Keenan Allen. There's stock in that. And so, by far, to me, 1A, 1B. Again, we'll get to 1B in a second here. John Hightower's emergence and his performance and his consistency and his finishing have been arguably the surprise of Chargers training camp so far. Now, again, 1A, 1B. We've talked about a bunch of things, and you'll probably realize the name that we has not been mentioned yet. I think we've heard Derwin James. We've heard Derek Ansley, Eric Kendricks, Brandon Staley. I know I'm forgetting names. Unsolicited, we have heard Kenneth Murray Jr.'s name come up countless times. In my opinion, this is the biggest surprise of camp so far. He and John Hightower tie. You try not to get your hopes up. You try not to you try to temper your expectations because like we've seen this story before. Like he's been a guy that people have penciled in as all right, this is the year that Kenneth Murray shows it. This is the year that he can stay healthy. This is the year that it clicks for him mentally. And then training camp goes on, and then regular season goes on, and it just doesn't. This training camp, you have seen more confidence from Kenneth Murray. You have seen more production from Kenneth Murray in run stuff, sacks. You've seen more ability from Kenneth Murray to diagnose in a much faster pace. You've seen his teammates kind of rally behind him. You've seen him get more physical. You've seen the altercations, quote unquote. I don't even know if you call altercation a scuffle, if you will, with Gerald Everett. 
He saw it with the running backs during one of the drills. Everyone's talked about what Kenneth Murray looks like. You know, the dude's a specimen, an athletic freak. What he can do athletically is insane. But can he do it on the football field? So far, more often than not, the answer's been no. This preseason, huge. This training camp so far, he has. Sebastian Joseph Day talked about the difference of what he's seen from Kenneth Murray last year to this year. Derek Ansley has talked about how important and how much he needs, wants to have two stud linebackers mirroring the likes of what we saw from the Niners back in the day. Theoretically, they have one in Eric Kendricks. Could Kenneth Murray Jr. somehow bring it all together and this be the year that it clicks for him? Could it be? Could it be like if it is holy bleep talk about impact on the run game impact in coverage in the middle of the field. You cannot discuss how impactful and how much this would mean to this Chargers defense. If they can have a weak link removed so to speak. Now, honorable mention in this top 10 list is Alohi Gilman. And I don't necessarily want to say it's a surprise or a storyline more so one than the other. But honorable mention, I'm giving to Alohi Gilman. And he deserves his flowers. He has taken what he did last year and has continued it on to this season. And there are impacts. I'll give you that. But I think I don't think anybody questioned if Alohi Gilman was going to be on this team. In what capacity? Sure. All these other names, I think, have been bigger questions or surprises. Now, you could argue Alohi Gilman's success so far during training camp and you know his his instincts have continued, which has been great, a very pleasant surprise. But I don't I don't know if it's a surprise. It's probably a little surprise. So let's call it a top 11. Fine. Lohi Gilman's in that list as well. But if you were to compare the two between him and Kenneth Murray Jr., which one are you more surprised is doing well so far at training camp? It's Kenneth Murray in a landslide. Can Kenneth Murray continue this? Can we see it? Will we even see him in training camp, or excuse me, in preseason games two and three? Should we? I don't know. Like, are we worried about health? There's, there's a lot of questions. As much as you want to see him prove it, you also want to see him being able to be available by the time season starts. And heaven forbid, if he gets injured during preseason, they're hosed. What do you do? So, top 10. Top 11, actually. Biggest storylines and surprises so far during Chargers training camp with one preseason game so far to go. Or so far in the books. What do you think? What are your thoughts? How'd we do? Did I miss anything drastically? I like doing these sort of discussion topics because I want people to recognize and kind of keep that perspective of like what we were all thinking about. What you were all thinking about when training camp started. You know, the concerns everybody had about like, what happened to our linebackers? Are we going to be able to have anybody there? Like, what about safety? Like, oh no. 
are we going to see things go downfield? Is Derek Ainsley actually going to make an impression? Like, what about our run defense? You're starting to kind of now fast forward and see, okay, they have so far, it seems, they have answers. So, big storylines, surprises will continue as we get back. But that's going to do it for this episode. Lots of storylines. Excited to get into more of these when Jake finally returns to vacation and can help me because talking for 35 minutes is freaking hard, man. Especially if you have nobody to talk to. I feel like I'm just rambling to myself. But uh, guys, gals, thank you so much for tuning in. Seriously, you guys are amazing. Uh, the support you guys have given uh, Jake and myself throughout this and all of LAFB has been amazing. Um, we appreciate you. You can find me at Dan W sports, LAC underscore unleashed on X. Uh, also on Instagram, Twitter. Why do I keep saying X and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, as well as uh, everywhere else. So you can find your podcast. Uh, enjoy your day. Enjoy your evening. And we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed. <laughs>